Hello and welcome to the D2C podcast. I'm Eric Dick and today we are going to the heart of the concept of scaling with influencer and creator marketing. And we have brought on a true veteran, Mac Enright from Lumanu, uh, who has been on sort of the front lines of this space since very early on in its inception. I remember very early in, in 2018, putting on an event, I think in Bangkok at the time, and it was an announcement of this new concept of, of influencer whitelisting and how you could actually advertise through influencers' handles uh, and, and scale using this new technique. We're now t- three or four years in on this. I wanted to just start, Mac, about uh, like what are some of the biggest wins that you've seen uh, from people and brands who've used this sort of style of influencer marketing whitelisting? Yeah, so when talking about influencer marketing as a whole, it's kind of the the 1.0 version, which is just having creators post on you know for a sponsored post for your brand. It is traditionally seen as a brand awareness channel. Uh, you can't have you know you can't always have a, a CTA in the post of you know buy now. Uh, shop now with an organic creator post. So really what it's been about in the past is just getting your brand name in front of this creator's audience. Um, so really what, what whitelisting allows brands to do is turn that brand awareness channel of influencer marketing into a direct response conversion driving channel. Um, so some of the some of the biggest wins that we've seen, you know, we actually have a uh, a case study published on on Facebook about this with one of our clients, Mizzen in Maine. Um, they were able to achieve you know three x greater return on ad spend with influencer ads, whitelisted ads, than their uh, traditional brand ads that they were running from their their brand handles. And the the other great thing about whitelisting is it's very easy to get all of that content that creators are creating for you through your influencer marketing channel. Um, that's just kind of sitting there organically and at your fingertips, but it's been very difficult to repurpose into an ad, say on Facebook, Instagram. Um, so really what brands do is they're able to just very easily turn that into ads, grab that content, run it as an ad, and not only do that, but put it in, you know, say a creator posts a, a, an Instagram image. When you're whitelisting, a brand can turn that into an Instagram ad plus, you know, a audience network ad plus Facebook ad really use as many placements as possible. And that's obviously being a a Facebook best practice. It applies to influencer whitelisting as well. And that's where you kind of start seeing the greater return. Across the board, we talk about, you know, every other week or so on this podcast, uh, but this just user generated, authentic, influencer creator focused world of content is really what's driving results. As Instagram announces, it's going the way of the TikTok in terms of like live video. It's just another sort of signpost that this content is is the way to invest. And then what, what you guys do at Lumanu is you really focus on allowing people to take it to that next level where you're actually advertising directly through these users' handles. And that is what you're saying is seeing a 3x return from, from other channels. That's pretty amazing. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Uh, and then, you know, combining the influencer creative with, you know, I think we'll get into it a little bit more, but creating influencer audiences as well in your, in your ad account and using those and combining them with influencer ads, brand ads, where you really start to see the power really come through. So like, what do you think is, is the biggest thing that stops people from doing sort of influencer whitelisting? Is it just a mental hurdle that you sort of have to have these conversations where you're going to start advertising through their handle? Like, I know you guys have built this business on this idea of making the whitelisting component as painless as possible. So what are you running into in terms of like, yeah, why people aren't doing this? 
Yeah, uh, for the most part, people will brand well, brand will try it once, uh, manually whitelisting. So working with a creator to set up their business manager, get their advertising permissions. And it is a humongous pain uh, trying to walk a creator through the business manager who might not be so savvy navigating that tool um, because it is kind of a monster. And, uh, you know, going through the process of even talking through like, okay, no, these are the permissions that you're giving me. It's just advertising permissions. I'm not going to be able to, you know, post about my day on your organic timeline, things like that. And having that conversation with a creator, especially in the early days where whitelisting was, was very new of saying like, hey, we want to get access to your handle so we can run ads from that. It can be a kind of scary conversation to have with a creator because they might be like, Whoa, 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 no, I'm, there's no way I'm giving you access to my handle. And then it could kind of compromise the relationship with the creator, which obviously no brand wants. But really the, the biggest pain comes in where the influencer agrees to grant you advertising permissions. And then it is a three week process to, to try to figure out, you know, are my Instagram and Facebook pages linked properly? Uh, you know, what permissions am I getting you? Like, how do I set up a business manager? Those are really the, the main blockers for brands when trying to work with creators on whitelisting. And honestly, it's why we developed our automated whitelisting tool at Lumanu. We, we saw that as a major pain point. We saw it as um, an opportunity for brands and media buyers to really scale um, and drive up influencer marketing um, ROI. So we thought, hey, let's let's solve that. And we did with our automated whitelisting solution. So I think most of our brands who listen are using UGC. If they're not, you know, they need to start with some EGC maybe and, and evolve from there, get some employee generated content and, and get it going, test it in your funnels. But when does a tool like yours really come into play for uh, for entrepreneurs who, who want to who wanna scale their biz? Absolutely. Yeah, I think... Um, you, you made a good point of just, you know, starting with trying out some of this more, what we'll say, like lifestyle content of a, a person rather than just a shot of a product uh, person using the product person talking about the product, whatever it might be. Um, and that you can do right when you're starting your influencer marketing program. Say you're working with, you know, two or three influencers and you think, okay, this content's pretty sick. Like I want to turn this into an ad and I want to run it on Instagram stories and in feed in multiple placements. Uh, start out by, by manually whitelisting that one influencer and just seeing how it works for you. But really when the power of whitelisting comes is when you're doing it at scale. So say when you're working, we typically say when you're working with about, um, you know, want to whitelist, you know, six plus influencers a month. Um, that's when Lumanu really starts making sense. Um, you're able to get all of these influencer ad permissions in bulk. Um, and, and like we'll, we'll kind of talk about some best practices too, I'm sure. But that's when you really start to see the, the ROI of influencer marketing is when you're working with that many creators and you have all of these different scalable strategies that you can plug in into your ads account. Well, then let's back up and dig that out a little bit. What, you know, that's what it looks like when you're humming at scale. You've got six of these things going. You've got probably millions a month of ad spend going through these. Uh, or what do you think? Hundreds of thousands, millions, whatever, depending on your scale. Yeah. What, what do you consider the scale of like your top end clients? Yeah. Top end, you know, we'll have, we, we kind of like to break it down uh, somewhat in like percentage of your media spend to influencer advertising. So when you're starting off, 
Um, you know, brands will allocate 10 to 20% of their paid media monthly budget to influencer whitelisting. That's running ads from creator handles, using influencer audiences, all of that good stuff. Uh, our top brands will literally run millions and millions, you know, up to 90% of their plus of their uh, paid media budget just on creators. They're working with, you know, 20 whitelisted influencers a month, and they're all using them all in different ad sets, getting that brand exposure out from this creator and that creator and this creator. Every one of their new person in their audience is seeing a new ad for their brand from a different creator's handle. Um, and that's really, really powerful too, right? You, you kind of think that you have this audience that you've been targeting with your brand ad and they're just like yeah, the same same crap over and over of here's your product image, here's your brand handle. But then you get that audience member now seeing an ad from, you know, Aaron Rodgers and then seeing an ad from, you know, all these different influencers talking about your brand. Um, it really starts to build in that that brand awareness and trust and gets more people to think, okay, you know, I keep seeing this everywhere. It's not the same thing over. It's still fresh. All right, maybe I'll check it out this time. Uh, yeah, no, there's no, you, you don't need to tell me on the power of, of this kind of marketing. Uh, it's definitely something our audience is fully aware of. But in terms of best practices then, what are the, some of the best practices that you see brands who are able to get to this scale and, and operate out and see this much success? Totally, yeah, there are, there are a couple. A couple that I want to, to hit on right off the bat. So the first one is, and I've kind of mentioned this before, um, when you are running ads from a creator's handle, Say a creator posts a, an Instagram in-feed image for you organically. That's their sponsored post. Just because they posted it as an in-feed post doesn't mean that when you're running it as an ad, when you're whitelisting, it doesn't mean that you have to use it in that same placement. Um, you know, turn on Facebook's auto placements or you know, figure out whatever placement is working best for you. Repurpose that creator's content in those other channels. Turn it into an Instagram story. Uh, use the asset customization tool, uh, add some overlay text, buttons, you can obviously attach the CTA, uh, really play around with that that creator content and see what works best for you. That's awesome. And sorry, that's in, is that in whitelisting or in your own accounts or both? Yeah, so that would be done right in your own ad account. So once you have the the whitelisting access by you know getting the creator's ad permissions, you can just hop in there and, and create all of those ads. And I guess the beauty of, of a platform is that you handle the, all the permissions at once. It's not an ongoing conversation to be like, okay, can we whitelist? Okay, can we reuse this content? It's kind of that, that sort of permission is granted all at once, it sounds like. Totally. Yep. That is, that is exactly right. So our software, um, you know, you just send out a link to as many creators as you want. They accept, they give you their ad permissions. Um, you can have, you know, different dates of how long you can use it. Is it in perpetuity? Is it, you know, 30 days? You can see all of that good stuff too. Uh, share assets, everything from everything with whitelisting. Any other sort of best practices that you recommend? Yeah, totally. Uh, the the biggest one by far that actually a lot of people don't think about when you think about influencer whitelisting is when you when you whitelist a, a creator, you get access to their handle to create audiences. That's these audiences that are people who have engaged with the creator's Instagram or Facebook page in the past up to you know 180 days that you can create right in your own audience manager. You know, obviously with the with a couple of the, the iOS changes, uh, the, the smaller custom audiences, maybe not the, the most scalable right now. 
So the, the great thing that comes in there is being able to create lookalike audiences as well from these creator handles. That's becoming way more and more mainstream and powerful for brands that are using, you know, Lumanu. We're seeing our clients do this more and more of creating broader and broader lookalike audiences as, as Facebook's, you know, they're, they're having to kind of shrink because of the opt-outs, the, the size of audiences. So that becomes an extremely powerful tool for advertisers. So Mac, you've given us a few best practices for influencer marketing, and, but I know you guys, you know, as I said in the intro, you're literally on the, the cutting edge of, of kind of what's happening in, in this space. What are, what, what are some of the, uh, the, the new, new things that people are doing to make influencer marketing work even better? Yeah. So, so one really cool tactic that one of our clients uh, who whitelists a ton of influencers, uh, they were just telling us that what they do is they use Lumanu. So they send their link out to their creators and they get all of the advertising permissions from those creators in bulk, even before they have the creator post organically. Um, because what they do is once they have all the advertising from permissions from their creators, they'll hop into their ad account in their audience manager and they'll create engagement audiences from those creator profiles and they'll target those creator engagement audiences with their own brand ads from their brand handles. Um, so really the thinking there is that they're actually getting some brand awareness and some brand exposure to the creator's audience even before they post the sponsored content for the brand. So when the creator posts that sponsored content organically, their audience, that creator's audience already has some familiarity with the brand because they've seen some ads served from that brand's handle. Little inception going on there. Yes, kind of crazy, but uh, we, we get all the cool tactics from our clients uh, that are whitelisting at scale, so it's fun to share stuff like that. It makes a ton of sense. And it's, it's funny when you hear people say that, like, oh, I saw an ad for something I was thinking about or whatever. And it's like, yeah. it, it could be it could be the big AI. It could be or it just could be smart marketers. Smart uh, marketing, you know, yes. Pre-framing pre, yeah. pre you um, for, for, you know, life-enriching e-commerce products. Totally. Um, very cool. So I think, I think we got cut off a little bit back there when we were talking about audiences. Um, but what, I, what I'm understanding is just how valuable it is in these relationships where you actually get access to these influencers' audiences, allowing you to go much broader with your targeting, but still kind of staying anchored to your target avatar, essentially your, your target consumer. What what are people doing? You know, once you do, you only have access to that audience for as long as you have the whitelisting uh, relationship with the influencer engaged. That must be the case, right? Correct. Yeah. So you you get the influencers' advertising permissions, um, and then until you have the permissions to, as long as you have the permissions, the advertising permissions to that brand, that creator's uh, handle, uh, then you're able to create those audiences. Uh, eventually, if the creator you know, disconnects or breaks something, those audience will kind of expire um, as we move you know, toward that, if you created it in the past you know, 180 days, et cetera. So they will kind of dwindle, but one best practice there that I kind of was, was talking about before was being able to create lookalike audiences from those creator handles. So. With whitelisting and with whitelisting through Lumanu at scale, um, you're able to create influencer audiences right in your own audience manager. So you, you essentially own those audiences in your own specific ad account. And uh, in turn, since you own those audiences, you can create those lookalike audiences. And uh, as, you, as you know, with Facebook iOS changes, they're really emphasizing targeting broader audiences. 
um, every media buyer talking to their Facebook rep or their media buying friend is talking about, you know, how, how far can you push it on the percent of lookalikes right now? Uh, we have some clients, you know, creating uh, 10% lookalikes from influencer engagement audiences that they've created through whitelisting and seeing a lot of success with those. And another thing I was kind of would, would love to touch on is just like how Facebook is is putting more of an emphasis on creative optimization as opposed to ad set optimization. So you hear Facebook coming out with these these articles that are you know saying consolidate your ad sets, target a, a broader audience, don't rely as much on um, specific custom smaller targeting, go bigger, um, you know use broad audiences. And in turn, when you're consolidating those ad sets, Facebook is now suggesting, okay, since there's not as much optimization that will happen on the ad set level, if you consolidate, what you want to do is move that optimization further down to the ad level, to the creative level. And that's another really powerful opportunity to get in there with, with whitelisting is turning at scale creator content into you know, Facebook and Instagram ads and just very easily repurposing all of that content that your creators have already created for you um, and just letting plugging those into ads manager in in different ad sets and letting them kind of compete against each other and let facebook find the top performing creative um, and really get you the best results for your ad set and your campaigns i think about tiktok a lot lately just because it's it's in, in front of my face quite often these days yeah and <laughs> yeah. Uh, and that model of of its its version of advertising versus facebook where you're interacting with different pages and groups and things like that this is just this this video model where it's like your interaction with these videos determines the data that it has about you and this is kind of allowing facebook to operate in the same way in some ways right where it's literally just taking that creative and cycling it through to find what you you react to exactly yeah facebook also just does a great job of if you say you have you know two creator audiences in an ad set if the first one doesn't resonate with your audience they might show that second ad set and maybe it's from a different creator's handle and then that creator is the one that gets them to convert so it's not just like if you if your audience sees one ad they won't see the second one facebook's optimization and their algorithm does a fantastic job of knowing whether they should show a different ad within that ad set and especially when you're using you know different influencer handles that could be enough of a change to get your audience member to say like, okay, actually, this is kind of cool. It's this creator talking about this brand. I might check them out now. Okay, so we talked, you know, uh, even just on the influencer ecosystem is so interesting. Uh, what are the things that Lumanu doesn't do? Yes, uh, we, to be very, you know, transparent, we don't do any influencer discovery. So we partner with uh, any influencer agency, any influencer platform. Um, we have a fantastic partnership and an integration with Grin, actually, uh, which is an influencer platform. Uh, they do fantastic work. Uh, their team is, is amazing. Their technology is incredible. Um, really great for brands that have that team that want to scale whitelisting as well. So we integrate with them, but um, you know, we, we are fully compatible and we work with any influencer platform, any influencer agency. Um, so really that discovery tool is not something that Lumanu, you know, has for an offering. I love it. We're talking about the whitelisting being this amazing hurdle that a lot of people have trouble getting over that Lumanu kind of solves. But what's the other major aspect of your tool that really comes into play when you're scaling with multiple new influencers a week? Yeah. So we, we recently released a new payments tool, actually, which allows brands to pay their creators at scale. 
Um, so when you use our, our payments platform, we're a certified third-party settlement organization. So really what that means is we're kind of like, um, imagine a PayPal, where when you pay someone through PayPal, you know, you don't need to handle all the tax obligations, get 1099s, W9s, all of that good stuff uh, from your creators. We operate in the same way, where we actually have a dashboard where brands can pay all of their creators in bulk. It's literally just once you get your creator onboarded, which is the same, you know, simple process as our whitelisting service, uh, you get a dashboard, click, 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 able to send payment right to creators. You don't need to get that handle all that tax obligations that you typically would. Um, and we also don't have fees for creators, which obviously creators love. Uh, we, we waive all of those. Uh, so yeah, it's a, it's a real simple tool that just helps brands, again, scale their, their most pain points of an influencer marketing campaign. Have you, are there any other benefits you wanted to touch on for why Lumanu is a great tool? Yeah, it really, we, we've said this word over and over again, but it really comes down to scale, right? Uh, so if you're, if you're working with, you know, six plus influencers a month and you really want to start, start whitelisting, or even if you know the headache and you're just like, I can't, I can't deal with this, uh, you know, always use our, our service. We, we automate it from end to end. And really the, the thing about Lumanu that I will uh, never stop talking about is our incredible client experience team. Again, we've been in the the influencer advertising and whitelisting games since the beginning. So, uh, and we've essentially had our team since the beginning as well. So they know all of the ways to get around any issue that a creator would have when granting those advertising whitelisting permissions. And uh, a lot of our our CX members as well are very experienced in some of those ad buying best practices through Creator Handles that I mentioned earlier. Uh, they'll get on calls to make sure that you're you know working with your influencers properly, buying ads properly, and if you have any questions, um, we really just take every part of the process uh, off of your plate and want to make sure that you're seeing the best results possible with whitelisting. And what's cool also that I've noticed you guys from the beginning, because when I was really trying to just understand whitelisting myself, I remember like Googling it and finding a lot of your content. So we're, we're talking to, to those in the audience who really want to scale their businesses. But if you're not in that stage quite yet, uh, the Lumanu blog, I got to say, is an incredible uh, resource hub for figuring out how to do this stuff on your own, which I think is a cool part of your strategy in, in the space to bring that kind of education. Thank you. Yeah, we we actually take a lot of pride in our blog and we're not just, you know, always plugging our tool like I probably have done so much on this call already but uh, helping people just you know get started with whitelisting because we want them to see success so we have a couple of our best practices out there on our blog um, different ways to manually whitelist if you just want to get started uh, you know different ways to you know help pitch it to your influencers anything that you need you could hop on our blog and just search around there and you'll find it. Well, Mac, I want to thank you very much for coming on the D2C podcast today. I know that this has been on the, it's been on the salesy side, but at the same time, you know, you guys, you're operating in a very niche place where I, I just really understand the benefit of your tool to, uh, to a, a niche part of our audience. And then to the rest, I think you guys, like I say, you, you offer information that can kind of help everyone. So, uh, so yeah, thanks again, man. I think this is super interesting. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm hoping that some of the best practices of just kind of getting started with whitelisting were helpful for, for some of the folks listening. So yeah, happy to be on. Thanks so much for having us. Thanks so much for listening to today's episode. If you're not a subscriber to our newsletter, you can do that right now at directtoconsumeralloneword.co. I'm Eric Dick, and this has been the D2C Podcast. We'll see you next time.